Welcome to the Refuge Weekly Podcast. We are a church in and for the city of Orange in Southern California. The heart of Refuge OC is to introduce and reintroduce people to a clearer vision of God. To learn more about us and how you can get involved, please visit us at refugeoc.com. And now, here is our latest message. The the Gospel of Luke in that 19th chapter, as we head into Holy Week, there's a famous story that typically gets told at this time of year and at this Sunday. And I want to walk you through that, but then I want to kind of back things up a little bit. So we're going to preface it with, here's the story in Scripture, and then I want to back things up in the historical timeline with where Jesus was at. So if you'll join me, I begin in verse 28. We will read all the way to verse 40. And as someone said in our worship team this morning, wow, that sounds like a lot of verses. I promise you, the story goes quick. All right, here we go. Luke chapter 19, verses 28 through 40. After Jesus had said this, now you're like, what did he say? See, that's extra credit. Go home and read before. After he had said this, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. As he approached Bethpage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Say, the Lord needs it which is always fascinating to me. I love this story because Jesus sounds like he's doing voodoo. Like, what are you doing, Jesus? Like, how do you know it hasn't been written? written? What do you think? Like, Jesus knows this. And when they ask, you know, give them like the ace card. Be like, the Lord needs it. Like, I would love my kids to try that with me. Why are you doing it? Who said you could have that? And then the Lord needs it. You know, that would never work in any other context except for the moment when Jesus says it to his disciples. As we continue reading in verse 32, those who were sent ahead went and found it just as he told them. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, why are you untying the colt? And they replied, I wonder who it was. Like, which disciples? Like, you tell them. Not me, you tell them. I don't know, who's the one who stood for him? We're like, the Lord needs it. And everything was good. They brought it to Jesus, threw their cloaks on the colt, put Jesus on it. As he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. And when he came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, teacher, rebuke your disciples. Basically saying, tell them to shut up. And Jesus says, I tell you, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. All right, I want you to hold that passage and that storyline in your mind because I want to tell you about a few experiences that I've had recently. Last night, I went to an angel game. I don't know if you know about these things. Got to go with my dad and a few members of my family. There's one member of my family who did not want to go, and so she said, do not buy me a ticket. And I said, fine, we will go and have fun without you. Okay, you can figure out by the picture which one it was. We had this wonderful moment. It was a Saturday game, third game of the season for the Angels. The Angels finally won. It took three games to get one win. All right, we're in it. We're in it. 
I mean, I know the preseason looked really good, and the postseason still looks good from this vantage point, right? Like, we can get there. I know we can. But Saturday night was so fun. But Saturday night, if you know, you've been to an Angel game before, you know how Saturday nights work at Angel Stadium. It is firework night, right? So we wait for the end of the game. Mike Trout has hit his homer, and we have secured this victory. It's beautiful. And over the loudspeaker, it says, fans and audience members, in just a few minutes, we will turn off the lights, and then the fireworks show happens. And I just had this bit of glee in my, my spirit because I was remembering this moment of fireworks. And I'm like, my kids are there. Well, two of them, not the third one who said she didn't want to go. Um, the, we were there. My wife was there. My dad had already gone home because he was a little tired. It's cool. And we were hanging out ready for the fireworks, and from our angle, the fireworks were going to be over this direction, and we were sitting there watching the fireworks are going off, and instantly I looked over to my kids, and they were not scared. And I was impressed, because I remember taking my kids to Disneyland when they were little, when we had a stroller, when we were cool and had this thing called a double stroller, because you're trying to just strap as many kids in as you can, because you don't know what you're doing. Right? We strap them in, and we're over there behind the castle at Disneyland, if you know where I'm talking about. And the fireworks go off, and we think this is going to be amazing. And the two kids in the stroller are screaming and crying because they are so scared of the fireworks. I wish I had a picture of that moment. But in my mind, I know exactly the setting. I know the bathroom is right there because one had to use it. And we were right here. We're trying to watch it. We don't even hear the music and we're watching the things. And, and now we're like, oh, shoot, we have caused them great harm that they will talk about at their therapist's office. So we are rushing out of Disneyland to get there as fast as we can because they hated fireworks for years. The memory of them even brought pain up until a few years ago. And last night, we're at a place where fireworks hurt no one in our family at least. It's this memory that I have, again, like I don't have this picture, but then I was watching the game last night and I was watching people pull out their phone to capture moments and I just did it, I showed you a picture, I pulled this moment out because I wanna remember this thing. But have you ever thought about our memories? Have you ever thought about how we are in a culture right now that we have abdicated the role of memory keeping to this? And this is how we live sometimes. People are holding it up because they want to catch Mike Trout in the homer. Every time that Otani goes to plate, they're like, this, this is the one. This is the one. It's giving. Okay, he didn't do anything. That's cool. Um, what do I do with this video file? Probably won't even erase it because I've got enough memory on this thing. It doesn't matter. I'll just put the memories here and they'll be safe. On Friday, I went to my wife's school. She's a kindergarten teacher. And on Friday before spring break, they do a thing called the Spring Sing. And these are all kindergartners who are dressed to the nines. The boys have hats and the girls have fascinators. I didn't even know what that was until a few years ago. If you don't, you should Google it right now. It's amazing. You'll think we're at the Kentucky Derby, right? That's what the girls were wearing. They are so beautiful and cute. And then they're, they're just their youthfulness of being kindergartners. They're singing their hearts out. It is blazing hot. We are sweating so hard in this moment because it's just outside and it, it's dying. It got so hot that the iPad that was running the music for the spring sing show overheated and shut the show down. Like, that's how hot it got. And it was amazing. And all these parents around me, and I'm the videographer. I'm the guy who has a shirt that says, um, it's good to be married to a kindergarten teacher. Like, that's the shirt I wear when I go to school functions. So people are like, who's the creep with the video camera? He doesn't look like any of the other parents here. Why is he videoing our kids right now? So they know that I'm connected to the girl, right? Like I'm connected to their teacher. 
I'm there videoing this thing that's happening, and I've got a reserved spot, and they hate it because I have the prime spot, and I'm, I'm, because I'm married to her, right? Like, she sets up this place. I'm right here. I'm going to video this thing, and all these parents are behind me and around me, and they are living this moment through their camera, their phone. You know it. They're doing this the whole time, making sure that they got it on screen, like I can look, and I can see little Joey and Johnny and Susie and whatever. I've been thinking about this. About memory. Some of the memories that I hold deepest are not on my phone. Because they are memories of moments that I was present. And my challenge for us as a people right now is that sometimes we have abdicated everything to our phone because we are trying to capture the moment that we are missing the moment. And we read a story from scripture just a few minutes ago that has Jesus approaching Jerusalem through two cities, Bethpage and Bethany, which were up on the Mount of Olives as he approaches the city. And that's where he tells his disciples to do that crazy thing, go find the colt that hasn't been ridden, untied. If the owner says, what are you doing? You say, the Lord needs it. And they get the colt, they put him on it, and he enters into the town. And we read it and we're like, yes, we check it off our box. This is Palm Sunday in a nutshell. I've done my God duty for today. Thank you, Jesus. We had a good prayer and we went home. That's what we could be guilty of if we're just trying to go through the motions and not be present. Because there's something more that's happening in the story and we don't get it unless we're present. And my challenge for every one of us, me included, is to sometimes I need to put my phone down so I'm not trying to capture the moment so that I can actually be in the moment. I think there is a reason why we reach back to the scriptures a couple thousand years ago because they weren't created in times where it was just phone driven. And I'm not here to harp on technology. I am guilty of it just like you I use it to the nth degree and I love it but I think there are times for me that it distances me from what God's doing right now and so when he approaches Bethpage and Bethany these two cities that if you were to open the Easter Now app that I just told you a few minutes ago you would see where Jesus was at on the map before he heads into Jerusalem but I guarantee you the moment he stepped into Bethany and Bethpage Jesus is remembering something that happened in the past. Because he knows that the story is when he was in Bethany beforehand, he was anointed with oil by Mary. And Judas, one of the 12, gets all upset and says, why are you doing this? You could have sold that perfume. We could have sold it and given the money to the poor. And Judas, oh, we love your posturing but we know you were handing and taking some of the money for yourself. We know that you just wanted the funds at your disposal and your control. So sometimes when we say things, we're guilty of grandstanding and making ourselves sound better than we are. But as Jesus remembers the story when he's entering Bethany, he remembers when Mary anointed him. And do you know who gets anointed in the Old Testament? It's the king. The king is the one who gets anointed. And so when he rides into town on Palm Sunday and people begin to do the things that we know they, they do on Palm Sunday, 
Jesus needs to remember the moment that happened in Bethany the last time. And I bet you he even needs to remember the other moment that happened at Bethany. If you remember the story, Jesus gets word that Lazarus is sick. Lazarus and Mary and Martha, they're siblings, and they've lived in this, this town of Bethany for a long time. And Jesus is off doing ministry in another town, and he's handed a note by his disciples and says that Lazarus is sick on the verge of death. We must go. And Jesus says, we must stay here. And he doesn't move as fast as he was asked to move, which should give us some reprieve of our soul and our mind at times when we think that God is not working according to my timeline and he's not doing the things that I want him to do. He knows what he's doing better than I do. But when he gets to Bethany eventually, Lazarus is dead. He didn't show up in time. And the sisters come to him and one of them says, if only you had been here Lazarus would be still alive. And then Jesus has to remember what's about to happen because he calls Lazarus out of the grave. It's the other great resurrection of the New Testament. It's the resurrection moment that happens before the resurrection moment that we'll celebrate next Sunday. And so when Jesus is on the road through Bethany to Jerusalem, he remembers when he got anointed by Mary and he also remembers the moment when Lazarus comes out of the grave. Because it's the memory of that resurrection that will give him hope for the next one. And he needs to remember that. If he had just taken the picture of the moment when Lazarus comes out of the grave, sometimes we don't really remember the things that we take pictures of. Have you ever caught yourself doing this? You look through your phone, your camera. You look through your phone, the images that you have from your camera on your phone and your photos. Whatever I am saying, you get it. Okay, people, work with me here. (sighs) Have you ever done this where you look through those photos and you're like, I don't even know what I was doing right there. I don't remember why I took this picture. Or have have you ever done this where you think you have a picture and you're like, I know I have one. It's somewhere. It is it on your phone? All right, maybe it didn't happen. I don't know. Because again, we have abdicated our memories to these phone devices and our computers without being present. And Jesus needed his memory that day to steal him for where he was going. He's riding victoriously into Jerusalem and they are laying the palm branches, they're laying their cloaks. I mean, I have a, I have a memory of, as a, I mean, I love history as, as a kid, even as I thought that was gonna be my major in college. And I remember stories of the kings and queens of England when they would walk into town and there was puddles around, people would take their cloaks off and throw it over the puddles so that the royalty would never have to touch the dirt of the ground. This is the imagery that we get when Jesus is riding into town. But the people who are waving palm branches want Jesus to serve their needs and do what they want him to do. And Jesus knows exactly how the story ends. He knows how it goes to the cross, and the people are not willing to believe it. But Jesus needs to remember the other moments in Bethany, because Bethany is where he gets anointed as king, even though we don't know it. Bethany is where the first resurrection happened, and sometimes we forget that but he needs to steal that memory in his soul within his being 
so that he remembers even on the moments of the cross that are coming this week, he still can do exactly what God has asked him to do. Because if God has raised people from the dead before, he can do it again. And for you and for me on this Easter week, I don't know what you're facing, but as we head into the craziness of our world and we wonder where is it that God is and he doesn't seem to act according to our timeline, sounds like Mary and Martha at moments, we can, we can have hope for this moment that seems hopeless because God has raised him from the dead. And I know I'm not supposed to talk about that because that's next week's story, and we'll talk about that next week, and it's going to be an amazing moment. But on Sundays, for centuries and millennium, Christians have been proclaiming their faith in Jesus Christ because he got out of the grave. That is good news. And if he does it, if he did it then, he will do it again. And when he gets through Bethany, he remembers so that he knows exactly where he's going. My hope for you this week, for Easter week, part of the reason I give you the app and you're like, you just said get off your phone and now you're giving us an app called Easter now. I don't get the mixed messages here, bro. Like, what are you trying to do? Here's what I want. My hope for you is that you be so present for what God's doing this week that you would be able to hear his voice. When you read the scripture stories and you think, I'm just doing this out of obligation because I'm trying to get God off my back, you would be able to remember what God has done, what he has already done, and what he is doing. That if he has raised people from the grave before, he will do it again. If he has fixed relationships in the past, he will do it again, and he can if things seem so broken and the world seems so hopeless and the people that we have elected seem to not be doing exactly all that we want them to do, I pray that you remember my hope is never in an elected office. My prayer and my hope is in the one who walked out of the grave. Because that is better. That is deeper. That is more long-lasting than anything. So when you walk through this week, and I don't know what's on your schedule, I know a little bit of what's on mine, I don't want you to miss what God's doing because he is on the move. And God seems to go through places like Bethany all the time. And you're like, what are you talking about? Bethany doesn't get a lot of buzz or attention. It's always Jerusalem. Bethany is like the little sister on the hill over there. But it's the little places that Jesus goes through all the time. And it's the little places that he goes through with you that he wants to steal you and give you memories for what's coming. Because when I see that things are bad, I need to remember when he has been good. When I think it's all over, I need to remember what he's done before. And when I think there's no hope, I need to remember the moments where he has given me the best hope. And you got to hold those memories. They are deeper than the moment with your camera out just to capture the moment. Be present this week for where God has you. Be present for where he's taking you. And would you be available for how he's leading you? Let's pray together.
Heavenly Father, you know this better than we do, but our culture is very fast-paced, and we are on a mission to get our things done. But this week, I pray that you would disrupt us in very powerful ways so that we can see your hand at work. The memories of Bethany carried you through Holy Week, and I pray that even the memories of Bethany and Jerusalem will carry us again this week. Because of your goodness and your faithfulness to the mission that God sent you on, you will continue to show up and show off and do your work in our world. When you're not on our timeline, may we trust yours. When we don't see your hand at work, may we be your hands and your feet. When we don't think that anything is happening that's good in this world, may we remember that when you started this world, you called every day good. You have always been working behind the scenes. Would you take us this week behind the curtain and show us exactly what you're doing? Because you reorder the world, you flip things upside down, and you use a cross to give hope and redemption. And it never made sense back then, but I pray it continues to make sense for us today. Oh, Holy Father, would you do your good work in our souls this moment? And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us this week. We believe in community and would love to connect with you. If you have any questions or would like to speak to a pastor, feel free to reach out to us on Instagram at RefugeChurchOC. We hope to see you again soon.